Pull up a stool and pour yourself a pint as you're about to join three intrepid drinkers, Kevin, Justin, and Mark, as they embark on another beer-tastic voyage. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the third rendition of Beer-Tastic Voyage. I'm Kevin. This is Mark. And I'm Justin. And welcome back, everybody. Thanks for joining us again. Hope you've uh, enjoyed some of the beers that we've shared with you in the past. And we're getting ready to share with you some fairly interesting beers this week um yeah i'm I'm kind of a weirdo that's all right that's why we keep you around but um how we do it is that each one of us has gone out and picked up a some beers from a different brewery and uh this turn justin's up and justin is a creative individual a a free spirit with you know childlike hands and (laughs) he's out to to bring us some really interesting beers justin tell us about the the brewery and the beers that you found today all right, well, I'm going to use one of my hanginas, as Kevin has called them. Um, and uh, I'm going to grab uh, the Muscat Love is uh, one of the more interesting ones. Uh, it says it's uh, a Belgian triple with Muscat grape juice. I have to be honest, I really don't know what that means, Muscat well, grape juice. You've, you've had Moscato before, right? No, no. You've, you've heard of the beer. I have you've heard of it, yes. All right, so it's... it's yeah, it's, Muscat grapes from. are a type of grape. Oh, okay. Yeah, this is part of the podcast for me is learning. Um, used, apparently used about for not wine making? stuff. That's right. It's got booze in it, so it's important. And I'm sure our listeners, who if they enjoy beer, they enjoy alcohol, and wine does have alcohol. That's a fact. So one of the interesting things about this is it is uh, part of our Long Island Homebrew um, Club. It's a competition, Mark. Yeah. So I am a member of the Long Island Beer and Malt Enthusiasts, and they run a yearly competition for. Uh, it's a program competition where. The club members can enter in their homebrews into the competition, and the winners are actually brewed at Great South Bay on their pilot system. And then at the end of the year, uh, of those winners, a grand champion champion is crowned. And uh, Did they get a belt? Because I'm still on that idea that champions of anything should get a belt not that i'm aware of but uh, the prize is that they actually have their beer brewed on the uh the full brew house system and that beer is then entered into the great american beer festival yeah okay for the great american that, that's true the the bottle tells me that the great american beer festival it was a looks like a gold medal winner correct that's the true. muscat love was the winner in uh the i've i've Sorry, I don't know the category, but they were the gold medal winner in the 2015 Great American Beer Festival. I think it's the Pro-Am category. I think they have a separate category for that. True. What, what's uh, what's some of the stats here on some Muscat Love, brother? So it's a Belgian-style triple, as I mentioned. The color is 6 degrees SRM. I personally don't know what that means. But uh, the bitterness is a 29 IBU, which kind of fits into our palates, I think. It's uh, not quite that bitter. The grain is a Pilsner, the hops is a Saz, and the alcohol by volume is a staggering 11%. All right, so we're uh, starting, starting off, off with... light here. Yeah, yeah. We're, <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, this is, uh, it's going to be, it's going to be a weird episode, I think. All right. I think it's, uh... Uh, what are some of the other, what are the other beers that you brought for us that we're also going to try later? So, I'm a big fan of uh, Rum Barrel. It's a, there's called a Candelabrum. This is a Rum Barrel Pumpkin. Uh, we're recording this in uh, the beginning of September. So, as far as I'm concerned, it's a little early for pumpkin stuff. But 
pumpkin beer is pretty good stuff. Yeah, you try telling that to all the retailers out there that have now flooded the market already with yeah, pumpkin I spice mean, everything. Pumpkin spice everything's been available to purchase for at least two weeks at this point. I know it's crazy. Yeah, it's it definitely is a little overkill. But um, this one is a, uh, a a rum barrel pumpkin, so that's the style. We have 18 degrees SRM for the color. The bitterness is a 28 IBU, which again fits into our palates perfectly. The grains are pale and crystal. The hops on this one is a cascade, and the alcohol by volume is an 8%. So we're, we're still trending in the... Uh, At least it's a the... light beer this time. <laughs> Modest. <laughs> exactly. And the final one we're going to be tasting is called Granny's Jannies. It's a gingerbread cookie ale. This one style, gingerbread cookie ale, that makes a lot of sense. I imagine there's a lot in that category. I believe that would fall under experimental as far <laughs> as the BJCP is concerned. I'll second that. We have a color of 18 degrees SRM. Bitterness is 25 IBU. The grains are pale and crystal again. The hops are once again Cascade. And at least this is a reasonable alcohol by volume of 5%. There you go. Um, in general, for Great South Bay, there's um, not a lot of information on their on their website in terms of how they got started, but I'm pretty sure it's all about their founder, this guy Rick Sabotka. I'm pretty sure I said his name right. And as Kevin said earlier, if I butchered your name, Mr. Sabotka, you know, give me a call and uh, – <laughs> We'll uh, cash it out. I, I, yeah, we'll Drop us a line on the social meds. Yeah, we'll, we'll, <laughs> follow, we'll, follow, uh, we'll follow up with a beer and see what we can do. But it looks like he's a fourth-generation uh, brewer. He seems to have learned from his family. And his earliest beer memory, according to his bio, is at age 12, which is really cool. Um, he's brewing from that, from that long ago. And um, he traveled all over the country, tasting different craft beers, and decided to uh, open his own brewery. And it's uh, one of my personal favorites. Uh, they, they do a lot of interesting beers, and I'm, I'm a big fan of anything that doesn't sound like it should be a beer, like gingerbread cookies. Yeah. Now, Great South Bay is – where are they located these days? They're in Bayshore now, right? They used to be over in – were they still in Bayshore? Was that still Bayshore, their original spot? I don't – honestly, I had never been to the brewery when – prior to their uh, current location on Drexel Avenue. All right. Well, I, I used to work at a, at a building pretty close to their original spot over on Saxon Avenue. And I think, I guess it still is Bayshore, but uh, you should go visit. It's a nice, they have a fantastic um, tasting room. Yeah. Oh, I mean, amazing. yeah. If, and if you like cornhole, they're a perfect place to spend an afternoon. They got cornhole. They got, uh, ping pong tables. They, I think there's a pool table there. They have fantastic beer. It's it's a really gorgeous tasting room in there. And but just gonna warn you, heads up, they are only about a block away from the local police department. So make sure you bring your DD like you always should. Drink responsibly, kids. Exactly. And so I'm pouring some of the Muscat Love right now, and um, it's uh it's a lot clearer than I thought it would be. Well, I, I think it's it's probably brighter than you thought it would be, but I don't think it's really clear. I mean, I can't really, I can't see through it. Like, you know, it's it's not. Crystal yeah, clear. it, ha- it a has a certain to haze it. to it. It's definitely not. Uh... Yeah, clear definitely wasn't the word. Bright was was definitely the right way to to describe that. I thought it was going to be a little darker. You couldn't quite tell in the bottle. It yeah. is a nice pale color. Yeah, it's got that yellow golden color to it, and I mean, it's coming out of a brown bottle, so I understand it's tough to you know tell the color in there but it's got a nice little effervescence to it uh, it's a nice color um you know the head is is moderate yeah i think i had a, a proper proper pour on that and yeah the head is definitely moderate and it's it smells definitely smells a little 
like grapes, like wine. Smells grapey. Yeah, great, great. Yeah, I was trying to try to not go with with that for the the obvious connotation, but. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's take a sip and a sniff and see what we think about it. Yeah, I smell the grapes. It tastes it tastes very much like like wine to me. Not like exactly like wine. It just like a oh, derivative God. of it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Great South Bay guys. This is I try not to do that, but oh, man, I taste that a lot. Yeah, it definitely, it really does taste like wine. I don't dislike it, and I don't like a white wine, which is what I'm going to like in this too, for sure. It's got, and it definitely has an assertive tannin character, which I would imagine comes from the Muscat grape juice. I'm laughing because we have a mason jar of water we use to kind of cleanse our palates, and, and Kevin was just drinking directly out of the mason jar. Yeah, sorry he's, about he's Sorry about that. Oh, I, this is... <laughs> Well, I congratulations on t- making a really creative beer, and I think it's awesome that you're incorporating different things. But something about that just did not strike me the right way. And I'm sorry to the guys at Great South Bay and the home brewer who obviously did something really creative, but it's it's just not my thing. I and I feel terrible because I don't want to waste the beer, but because that's cardinal sin, but. I don't know if I can go back for a second sip, to be honest. Yeah, I um, I, I'm, I, I would say that I, I'm settling into it. I think is the right way to. I, I don't think that when you buy a beer, you're going to expect yeah. this flavor at all. But I, uh, I, I'm a, I say I'm, a, I'm a little bit of a fan. I'm not, I'm not 100 sure yet. Yeah, it has a. It's bitterness is not the right word. I think I was on point when I said uh, a sort of tannin character from the grape. It uh, is just contrasting from what I think the three of us are accustomed to tasting in a triple. Okay, I Mark, I can I can understand that kind of statement, and to be honest, a second sip did not send me running back to the water jug. Um, so that's. I guess a positive. Um, it tasted a little more like a triple the second time through. Uh, to me, at least, it tasted a little. It had a little bit more. Res- I guess maybe I knew what to expect. Is that what it was? But yeah, I think I think you're hitting it on the nose there with ta- with the word tannins. Like, and maybe that's why I drink beer as opposed to drink more wine. But it's not. It's not doing a whole lot for me. It's got a sweetness to it, which is nice, which is definitely that grape juice sweetness. Um, it doesn't linger too much, but something about it just in the middle of that sip, when it's just as it's passing the back end of the roof of your mouth there, it just it feels absolutely not enjoyable in any way, shape, or form to me. <laughs> wow. It's pretty pretty harsh criticism, but I, I mean, everybody's got a, a, a different palate, and this... I've had a lot of a lot of white wines. My my wife tries to get me to drink a lot of different wines, and it I've never had one that I liked. And I mean, honestly, if they could find a wine that had a little bit of this in it, I might I might enjoy it. All right. So so now that you've learned that you know Muscat grapes are Moscato, you you know what you can order now. Oh, that's a good point. Yes, this podcast is really all about teaching me stuff. So well, as long as you know somebody's learning from it and we're getting a chance to drink some beers, then I think we're doing the right things here. I agree. But uh, I mean, this one. I'll be. I'm ready to move on. I don't know about the rest of you guys, but I'm ready to move on. Yeah, it's. Uh, 
it's different, but not uh, preferable. Well, to be honest, this Muscat love is not something that I have love for. It's not going to be a thing that I'm really excited about. But one of the things I am excited about is to try anything that's aged in a rum barrel. So yeah, what, what's the second one that you have again? So we have the Candelabrum Rum Barrel Pumpkin. And uh, one of the interesting things about uh, Great South Bay is they, they give you a bunch of information on the label. One of them is this one should be served in a pint glass at 45 degrees Fahrenheit. I think 45 degrees Fahrenheit is the, the temperature for beer because it seems to be on all of them. But this one is supposed to be served in a pint glass, which is interesting to me at least. Listen, to me, most beers should be served in a pint glass. But I understand why they want to change the glassware sometimes. And it makes sense to me. And, um, you know, I I know it seems a little silly, but I give Great South Bay some kudos on their labels. Because even though I hated the Muscat Love, the pirate skull thing they got going on here on their label is pretty cool looking. And that pumpkin head guy on the candelabrum is pretty creepy looking. And it's getting me ready to go for the uh, starting fall season. Yeah, they have some, uh, some interesting characters for all their different beers. I wonder who the does some of the artwork there but uh i think see. it's all the same guy but i honestly i don't know his name all right well we're gonna have to find that find that guy at some point but uh guys cheers and uh let's try out the candelabrum really nice sweet smell definitely some spice in the nose as well yeah wow. it smells like i smell all spice what else we got there we got some not really cinnamon, but uh, nutmeg. I'd probably say yeah, there's nutmeg. Was yeah, nutmeg. The uh, it's not it's not that strong of a, a, of a barrel flavor either. No, it's de- it definitely a subdued oak character, but uh, definitely some spiciness, which uh, might also be from the rum. Yeah, left over in the barrel itself. Especially if they did a spice rum. Yeah, you can see that. This is this is tasty and surprisingly and. I think you mentioned it. It's surprisingly not boozy. Yeah, but it's uh, it's oak done well because the flavors are all kind of mellow and intermingled. Yeah, I I I taste what you're what you're talking about there. But usually when you get something that's done in a rum barrel or some other kind of barrels, it tends to kind of kick you in the face. Even if it comes late in the in the sip, it, you tend to taste it pretty more much more solidly and right now i'm not really tasting it but it is there and i appreciate that i think it's really nicely well done you hint that one of the interesting things i'm reading the, the side of the uh, the label right now um and it, it mentioned that they uh it's aged in oak barrels with vanilla beans which i was i'm gonna yeah. guess that that's probably what maybe mellowed out the the oak flavor a little bit yeah so then you were definitely getting a, a double hit of vanilla then because oak barrels themselves will contribute a vanilla sort of character to the beer so if they're then adding vanilla beans on top of it it definitely explains that vanilla strong vanilla yeah yeah definitely vanilla in there and i'll i'm digging this as much almost as much as i despised the last beer i am enjoying (laughs) this beer and it maybe it's just the fact that it's just the opposite of that and just I'm, I'm happy to taste something pleasant but it's this is really good and this reminds me of you know sitting around by the campfire drinking something nice and and flavorful 
and I, as much as everybody hates when summer ends, I'm one of those guys that look forward to fall, and this is this tastes like fall. No, but the, I mean, I agree with you, but the nice thing about this beer is it's not that cliche, uh, cinnamon and brown sugar on the glass type of beer. Yes. That pretty much every pumpkin beer, pumpkin spice latte, pumpkin spice ravioli, you, you name it, I'm sure there's pumpkin spice, but this kind of, this has the pumpkin flavor, but it's not that cliche, uh, you know, McCormick seasoning. Okay, yeah. And have we gotten to the point where, like, pumpkin beer is a cliche now? Is that what, is, have we gotten yes. to that point? Yeah, I think it's it's required. If you're a brewer, you have to have pumpkin beer. And it's not And you also have to release it in the middle of August. <laughs> yes, you have to release it far earlier than anyone is, is even thinking about a pumpkin. So and for some reason now I feel like they're they're getting out of stores faster. Like I kinda want a pumpkin beer even at the beginning of November November, but by the time Halloween rolls around it feels like they're pulling them off the shelves. Yeah, they're already gone at that point. And they're start and they're starting to move towards the winter beers already. Yeah, the the winter warmers are on the shelf by the time Halloween actually rolls around. When yeah. you're actually looking for that nice pumpkiny beer, yeah. but this beer is, I you know what that it's coming out a little early. I'm not complaining because I'm happy to get to it right now. Yeah, this was very very enjoyable, especially I mean, contrast to the other beers and even the work. This is the polar opposite of anything that that the other beer the the Muscat Love was. 100 percent it's 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 a it's it's not fair we shouldn't really be comparing them but rather try to really look at the different uh flavors of them but because they're just so so opposite between them yeah but by far i would say that three of us much enjoy the candelabrum in comparison to the muscat love yeah and uh justin you're breaking out um granny jannies now right Yes, this uh, this is going to be an interesting one. From reading the side of the uh, side of the label here, it's telling me about some clove, brown sugar, nutmeg, vanilla, and molasses. So I'm I'm going to guess. I mean, it's a cookie beer, so I'm going to guess it's going to be pretty sweet. All right. Um, if it's not, I'm going to be pretty pretty surprised. All right. I mean, this I I haven't tried it. I haven't looked at it. I haven't even smelt it yet. But I wouldn't be surprised if this is kind of similar to the last one. But I'll be honest. We went to a beer festival one year. Um, I think this one was at the old barn. That's what Coliseum, oh, which is yeah, no more. Right. And we ha- and I had an oatmeal cookie um, beer that was absolutely incredible. It was an oatmeal stout that had the cookie kind of s- like cinnamon and seasonings and stuff like that. And it was made by the local homebrew club that brought like kegs there. And I thought it was absolutely incredible. That's always my favorite. Uh... At any beer festival, that's always my favorite one because the, they they do some super creative stuff. Yeah, and now now maybe Mark will do some super creative stuff and bring it to uh, whatever whatever festival it's at. Yeah, I haven't asked yet so far on that. Uh, I don't keg my beer, my homebrew yet, and uh, I can't imagine putting the effort into bottling uh, five gallons of beer and then just <laughs> popping it open to pour it out for uh, random people to the beer festival. But uh, we'll get there eventually. I, I, I smell the beer, and uh, not a great sense of smell, but there's a strong smell here. And I'm pretty sure it's clove. Is it clove that I'm smelling? Yeah, it's uh, definitely a assertive spice in the aroma. 
yeah, I'm I'm taking a whiff here, and it's it I it's it's they're calling it a gingerbread cookie ale, and I suppose it's gingerbread there. It tastes a little more. Yeah, it's, it it smells. Uh, it doesn't quite have that gingerbread taste, but I haven't. It's pretty close to the ginger snap cookie aroma, super but strong. It, it's a little bit lacking uh, in the sweetness and the aroma. Mm. But otherwise, I would say the uh, the spice is there. Okay. Well, I haven't I haven't taken a sip yet. So it, cheers, boys, and uh, cheers, and uh, let's take a sip. Um. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm almost in. The Muscat Love category for Kevin. I honestly don't know if I can take another another sip of this. I was really looking forward to this one. Um, wow. I almost, I it, it, for me, I get licorice. And I do not like licorice. I agree with you on the dislike of licorice, but I actually, I don't get that. I taste the ginger. I taste the clove. And I think it's actually kind of nice. Um, I mean, I'm tasting it, and while I don't taste licorice, um, I'm gonna agree with you, Justin, that it's not really that pleasant. Um, you know, I think we should just, um, just to help people out here, we should, uh, kind of backtrack a little bit. We didn't really talk about the color or anything like that, which we usually do. Um, but it's a dark amber. Yeah, it's a borderline... It's really close. It's riding the line between a dark amber and a red. Yeah, it's it's got a little haze to it, but when I put a finger behind the glass, I can still see the finger, or at least the shadow of the finger there. So, yeah. um, I mean, it's not really dark. Um, there's really almost no carbonation in this. No, I think that's it, one of the biggest it faults. It tastes almost flat, like to the point where I'm wondering whether or not like we got a bottle that they may have made a mistake on. Like, I understand you may not want it to have, you know, a lot of carbonation in this, but it's to the point where I'm wondering whether or not we got one that just may not have been 100%. I think another possibility is that they, um, it seems to be to be a winter beer. I'm Absolutely. I'm thinking that potentially this was bottled last, last winter. winter and it was still kind of hanging out, which is not a knock against against it at all. It's just potentially yeah. not, not, the, not the, the highest quality version of the product. Well, we're drinking this one out of a um, out of a twenty-two ounce bomber, where the um, other two bottles were in twelve ounce bottles. And taking a look on the bottle here, and I I don't see a manufacturing date. Some of the other ones do. I'm, I'm sorry, Granny. I usually like grandmas and respect most of the things they make, and I'm sure Granny Jenny's cookies are way better than this beer. But I'm not sure that I'd be going. I'm going back for seconds on this beer as opposed to her cookies. I'm scared because we have a 22, and there's like a quarter of a 22 left. And I don't think I've ever poured a beer out, but this might have to happen. It's it's possible. Um, do we have any other closing thoughts on Granny Janny's here? Or is it um is it time for review? I think it's time for review. All right. Um, so let's wind it back then and take a look and go back to the Muscat Love. And... I, I won't do this to people because I can't sing at all, but, man, Muscat, Muscat Love is just running through my head on loop right now, and it's a terrible song, but it's stuck there. <laughs> I honestly have no idea what you're talking about. Wow, really? Yes. Oh, man. All right, well, we're, we'll, we'll indoctrinate Mark with, with what Muscat Love sounds like later, but 
Um, for now, let's start off with some of the uh, ratings of it. Justin, what, what's your feelings on the muskrat? Uh, see, now I've got it in my head. The muskrat love. Okay, so I'm probably going to go hard because I, I i like definitely liked it but i think i'm gonna have to go about a two i'm gonna go pint on that one all right uh mark how about how about you on the muscat on the muscat that for me that's only a taster two ounces that's enough i tried it it's not my thing and i don't want to have any more of it am i allowed to give zeros <laughs> can can i can i apologize can i can i give it back and say i'm really angry that i'm no, I, I can't really do that because I'm always in favor of at least trying a taste of a beer. And I think really pretty much any beer is at least worth trying. So because a one, a taste glass is the lowest we can give it, I'm giving the Muscat Love a one and the, the, the tasting glass. And I can't, I, I may be scarred. I, I don't know. Wow. I, I'm assuming that the guys out at, at the you know, guys and gals out at the beach, you know, that judged it no much more than I do because that gold medal doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Yeah. I'll, I'll agree with you there, but it, that may like the standing out from the pack on other triples may just be what won them the gold. Yeah. We also don't know. I mean, the, the, the category was, was pro-am. So we don't, I, maybe it wasn't, judged on the fact that it was a triple maybe it was just judged against the other pro-am ones and who knows what those were you know that that's a really good point and as far as standing out from the pack it definitely stands out it's different it's not anything that i've ever heard of i've never heard of them trying a you know of people making a beer with grape juice in that sense like that have you mark i i have but it's definitely a rare thing and uh also something that you really only see in the homebrew realm. How about you, Justin? Have you seen out in the shelves? Like, you have a really good beer store out by you. Like, have you seen any others that have grape juice in them? No, I definitely haven't. But I will say that if, if you are someone who likes white wine, which is definitely a you know a large portion of the population, considering especially Long Island, how many wineries we have, that it's is definitely true. worth checking out. And if, you're, if your significant other loves white wine, this is probably a beer that they can they can dig on for sure. There you go. Oh, yeah, I mean, as legality, it's definitely in a, sort of a gray area where uh, you know various state agencies will frown upon it because it's both combining beer and uh, grape juice into a single beverage, which is you know considered a no no and you know temperance and that whole sort of thing that uh, you know the great noble experiment that failed. You know, that, that's a really interesting thought process there, and I wouldn't really think about it. But, see, to me, wine dictates that it has to be just grape juice. Like, it's just going to be grapes. But beer, beer, unless we're following those crazy German purity laws, which we don't in the U.S. because Germany doesn't matter to us, is barley, right, water, and hops. And maybe some yeast in there. Well, yeah. And but yeast was la added later on when they figured out that that was the thing that was required. Yeah, it wasn't just magic, right? But I mean, you can add all sorts of crazy stuff into beer. So I think it still falls into the beer category there. But am I going to really nitpick here? Well, only a little bit. 
Uh, hops in it. We had some hops. There, we there were hops. There were hops. Um, all right. Candelabrum, to me, is the winner today. Is the one is the beer that if I'm going back to any other beer, any of these three, I'm going back to the Candelabrum. And I'm going to say that I'm probably going to go with the Bomber on it. I want a, I want a 22 of this. I want a little more than a pint. I don't know if my stomach could really take drinking more than a 22 of it. Yeah, I agree with you there. It's a little bit rich for anything more than that. I I agree, but I think as far as quality goes, it's the best composed beer of it. It's got the most depth of flavor, and it's just overall my personal favorite. So for today, I'm going with the Candelabrum. I'm giving it the three. I'm going for a growler. And that's and you know what? I'm gonna keep an eye out later on in the season that if I see it out there in a growler, that guy might be coming home with me. Yeah, I'm between a growler and a bomber. Um, I tend to overdo things, so I probably would end up buying a growler of it. And um, yeah, better to have it not need. It's okay. That's very true. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll go bomber as my final one because I definitely think that after a certain point, the uh, it's it's a little on the heavy-ish side. It's definitely not a heavy beer, but for for any more than that, um, I think I think a bomber would be the right amount for kind of a one sitting situation. Yeah. Your thoughts, Mark, on them? Yeah, I mean, for the candelabrum, I'm definitely in that bomber squealer ter- territory. Okay. It's uh, you know, it's nice. Uh, definitely a good beer for like some cool nights sitting next to the fire. Yeah. But 100%. uh, anything more than that, I would be looking for something else to sort of cleanse my palate with. I I think that's a I I understand where you're coming from there and that's absolutely fair and yeah I th- I think we all kind of agree that we're in the same spot like we wouldn't mind having a, a glass of that maybe even a big glass of it but after that you got to have a second flavor you got to have a second thing to to clear it out just because it is so rich yeah no no doubt and um speaking of of rich and, and I, I guess flavor flavor filled the uh, the granny's jannies. Uh, Kevin says you seem to you seem to enjoy that. What do you what are you gonna rate that one? Um, Granny Jenny, like <laughs> the flavor was was there. It had an interesting. I I wish it tasted as good as it smelled. Yeah, because I thought the scent was really good. So maybe it's a new cologne for me, but it's not <laughs> gonna be the beer that I reach for. If I'm looking at Great South Bay, I'm going back to the Candelabrum. I'm not going for Granny Jenny's cookies. Um, I. I guess I think it's a better beer than a one. It's not a it's not a tasting glass kind of beer, but it's not a. It, I guess it's a pint. I'm gonna give it a two. Yeah, and I, I agree. Uh, if you told me I had to drink a pint of this, I'd drink a pint of it. I'd be okay with it. But if you only gave me the ten ounce mug like they do at a certain you know big chain restaurant that does twofers at all times with a whole bunch of tacos. I would not complain about it, only giving me a 10-ounce mug. Yeah, it's Granny's <laughs> Jannies. It's it's not a bad beer, but it's definitely not uh, composed where I want a second pint of it. So you're, you're going pint, Mark? It's it's a pint, yeah. N- nothing more than that. Anything more than that would be too much. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to roll with it with a tasting 
tasting on this one. I can't. I can't do it. I, I don't know what it is, but I can't just cannot get the black licorice taste out of my mouth. I'm going to have to scrape after this. This is going to be. Yeah, we got to get the, get you the tongue scraper and, uh, and clear it out. Maybe some some lemon water just to yeah, purge. I, I feel bad. I feel like this is uh, this is my fault that I'm representing Great South Bay with uh, with those other with the, with the two beers because it's it's one of my favorite breweries and they're um, they have a, a sour called Devil's Deed that is amazing and I purposefully didn't get it because I know that all three of us love that beer. Yeah, I I, I concur with you. We're not trying to bash Great South Bay. What we try to do is when when we go out, we're always looking for beers that are interesting and and really different so that we're sharing our initial responses to with you guys out there. Yeah, we're we're always looking for new tastes and uh I'm sure at some point in time you're going to hear us talking about Devil's Deeds more. Yeah. And we're going to have to bring out the uh, beers that... we're going to have to bring out their their Blood Orange. Yeah. Which is always a, which is a really popular beer theirs and it's really tasty. Also that Robert Moses Pale Ale is a, it, it's it's a nice. And what was the la- and that um that the maple recent one that they oh, the, the oh that their hog cabin the hog, hog cabin, cabin one which is also which is also a gold medal beer that they've uh, that they've brewed, um which I I was at the brewery a couple weeks ago and had it there and I thought that one was fantastic so maybe uh, maybe in a future show we'll be able to we'll get that on but um, for now these ones not a huge fan and but knowing the other beers that. Great South Bay produces. I can't give them give the brewery a poor rating, um, especially considering the tasting room. Like right, epic and and that room. tasting room is fantastic. Where you can go and you can spend, you know, and you can look straight from the tasting room in and see most of their facility, which I think is really cool. I always like seeing all the big tanks. I like seeing oh, yeah. all of them working. Um, so overall, for a brewery, I think they're at a solid three and a half. You know, um, yeah, I'm going to go with three and a half on the brewery just because I know the other stuff. And hopefully we'll get a chance to prove that to you guys, the listeners in the future. For me, the, the tasting room is probably about a, probably a four. They, they always have, I mean, they usually have about 10 beers on tap, which is for a tasting room is fairly significant. They also always have 22s available of their, um, their more lesser, um, the shorter run beers are usually in a, in 22s. And it's a lot of fun. Just today when I was picking up the beers, they, I, was, I talked to four different people while I was there. I, it, for whatever reason, the type of clientele they attract are, are always a lot of fun. And it, it's definitely a solid four. Yeah, I mean, my favorite thing about Great South Bay is they're, they seem to be the brewery on Long Island that is least afraid of playing around with sour beers. The Devil's Deed, which is a, a, a sour stout, and in addition to that, uh, for New Year's Eve, I know they do their Brute, which oh, is yeah. a uh, a uh, kettle-soured beer, I believe, that's uh, aged in wine barrels that is delicious. And I still have a, a bottle of that sitting around that perhaps we'll taste on a, a future episode. But it's that is why Great South Bay is uh, the standout to me, is their pushing the envelope for sour beers on the local level, which is not something that is really greatly represented on Long Island. And uh, that's what endears them to me. The Devil's D, they do a different version of that, don't they? What is it? What is that one called? Like they, they take that and they, they uh, I mean, or... so 
Devil's Deed is a spinoff of Dirty Deeds. That's that's what I meant. Which, and I apologize, I forget. I believe Devil's uh, Dirty Deeds is a Russian Imperial stat. And I think the, you're right. And Devil's Deeds is a, uh, I believe, it produced on a second runnings of that beer, that okay. is then soured. Well, you guys have spent a little more time over there than I have. I haven't. I've only been there a handful of times. You guys have definitely been there a few more. Um, but you know, go check them out if you're on the island and you're in the South Shore. Um, they're on Drexel Avenue in um, in Bayshore, New York. They're totally. They're they're awesome place, and you should go hang out there. You should go drink some beers because we love drinking local beers. And they always have a stellar food truck sitting outside when you get the munchies. Yeah, that, that's in that's an added bonus. And reminder, bring a DD. You're right next to the police station there. Be, be smart. <laughs> yes. Listen, I'm, I'm, I'm looking out for you folks. I do not want anybody saying, listen, I heard about it from these guys on a podcast. They're the ones getting me in trouble. That's, that's not how we do things. Here. Also, pro tip. Wednesdays, they have bingo. So oh, I didn't even know that. Oh yeah, so wow. bingo too. They do bingo on Wednesday nights. So if that do you is have your to bring game, your own little stampy thing? Not as far as I know. What about like Magic Trolls? Because I hear Magic Trolls are like an important bingo. Piece. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, all the little tchotchkes. You gotta have the tchotchkes. You gotta build your little fort of tchotchkes so that way they keep the bad bingo juju away from you. You don't know about these things. No, I obviously I do not. I I feel like I don't even know you anymore, Mark. I yeah, figured you would know this. I'm definitely not a uh, bingo connoisseur, but uh, I, I knew about the Chashki situation. See, see, even Justin knew. Well, I think that just about uh, if, if we're talking about troll dolls and Chashkis with bingo, I think we've just about wrapped up our our show here today. Thanks again for everyone for listening, and um, take take a listen at the end. We'll, you'll hear all the information of how you want to get in touch with us. And uh, do us a favor. If you like us, if you like what you hear, do us a favor. Tell a friend. Tell somebody else about it. Help help spread the good word about what we're doing here, sharing great beer up from Long Island. And if you have a question or you got a beer that you think we should go and try out, hit us up. You'll hear all the information coming up about how to get in touch with us, email addresses, all the social meds, as Marshall likes to call them. That's right. Which I'm Mark's much cooler than I am, so I, I don't know that it's called social meds. I think I still had the E D at the end there. But thanks for joining us today and we're uh look forward to hanging out with you again soon and uh drinking more beers. Have a great day, guys. And thanks for joining us on this beer tastic voyage. If you enjoyed Beer Tastic Voyage, please be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and don't forget to review and rate us. The guys can be found online at www.beertasticvoyage.com on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash voyage and Twitter and Instagram at BeerTasticShow, or send them a good old-fashioned email at BeerTasticVoyage at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and cheers for local beers. <laughs>